Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Well, hey, Army, um, uh, it's really nice to see you again. We had a little bit of a chance to talk at EWSI, and we got a little reel on there. And and um, just just love your enthusiasm, love your energy, and love what you bring to the table. Not not every brand um, has that, and it's really nice to see when. When, when the people working there are just as stoked and as excited as you are. So it's an honor to talk to you tonight. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. Well, I mean, that's, I think, I think, well, most, most people who are really serious in this game do come from a place of passion, wanting to, wanting to make gear to, to push their own, you know, experiences further. And that's definitely where we started. Um, and it's what we still do. I mean, we, you know, the passion for, foiling and loving the sensations it brings us is what drives us forward every day and we just want to make the best gear that we can to you know to access those really it's just the feeling of freedom that foiling gives us so and we're we're stoked to be able to share that with as many people as we can and so thanks to everyone that's you know got our gear thank you very much and hope you are enjoying the glide as much as we are oh yeah absolutely who uh who designed your armstrong logo the the original logo yeah this logo, yeah, a friend of ours, Andy Banks and Raglan designed that. He's a he's a really talented graphic designer, good friend of the brand, and um, yeah, my partner Rob Whittle dragged him in and got him involved. And Andy Andy um, designed this and did an amazing job. It's a, it's a great logo. We like. Yeah, it. I like it. Simple, and it just says what it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it gets to the point. But it is really nice. Yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> just starting with that, it's quite an interesting one. The logo was kind of like. When we were first coming up with a name, um, we actually had a bit of resistance. A few people were like, "Oh no, you'll never be able to trademark that logo. It's too. It's been you. You know, it's too. It's a too known entity." I'm like, "Yeah, but <laughs> it's just my name. You know, it's just my surname." And um, and we we liked it because we were really trying to build a system that didn't break. Like that was our primary goal to start with. And so yeah, it worked. The, the name worked for what we were trying to do. And then, yeah, we, we talked to some lawyers and some lawyers are like, oh, it's going to be really hard. And it was a little bit tricky in the States. Obviously, there's, you know, a bunch of product and branding around that. And interestingly enough, there was a, a toy called Stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. that one of, was one of our, um, we had to actually write a very nice letter to those guys, one of the big toy manufacturers out of the States and explain what we were doing and get them to sign off our our trademark. <laughs> oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so that was popular as is all be back in the day in the states and Canada right. and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, no way. Because what? What? I guess we're making toys at the end of the day, but they're they're yeah. definitely fun <laughs> toys to play with. So where are you right now? I see some. Uh, almost looks like crocodiles. Yeah, back we there, can do but... a little mini tour. I'm in I'm yeah. in the boat shed office in Auckland, New Zealand, Aotearoa. And this is this was originally my father's um, architecture studio. So he worked here for years when I was a kid and had a whole team of people working here. The desk is it's kind <laughs> of messy at the moment. It's not like this. It's kind of, you know, that's that's the main workstation. And that sometimes Nathan's working here as well, but he's he's away at the moment. I'll do a little I'll take you outside for a little bit so you can kind of understand. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. So so that's there's a boat ramp that you know, and that's that's this is a boat that um I helped my grandfather build when I was about, you know, four. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was much help. <laughs> and you were there. So yeah, this is this is uh, this, there there is the there is the office side here. This workshop I won't open the garage. It's pretty chaotic in there at the moment. But oh, you can have a look if you want. But yeah, that's where I built the first foils, sort of handmade wooden 
um, prototypes initially, and then we moved on to these G10. So here's some. Um, I'll grab this one. And we can oh, sure. Have a bit of a look oh, at yeah. it. Then, then we machined. Once we got really tech, we started machining some G10 um, foils. This was a kite foil um, originally, and there's like it's, it was kind of this was like I call I guess this was like our our Franken foil stage where I was just making anything that came to mind, and we were just trying it, and some some of it worked, some of it didn't. But yeah, really exciting. And this was all basically put together in this workshop, and then the CNC oh, was done um, up in North Auckland on you know some bits and pieces and, and this fu this fuselage pretty interesting story this this fuse is actually machined out of a a piece of an original 12 meter america's cup boat hull <laughs> there's a bit of carbon that was being thrown away oh, that cool. i'd salvaged and actually ended up machining this fuse out of that so yeah it's uh this was our first <laughs> vertical that actually worked <laughs> there's the original that's actually the armstrong family crest that was kind of our original logo that we then updated, obviously, to the to a proper, properly designed logo by Andy and Raglan. So yeah, now really exciting. A lot of a lot of circles on the way. But um, this this foil actually, the first, this was the first foil that actually went quite fast that worked for us. And on my very first session, I was kite foiling it, and I hit a big kawaii and like stunned the thing so badly that we, me and my mate grabbed it, we dragged it into the beach and smoked <laughs> it up and had it for dinner. So yeah, this foil worked. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess you never know, right? Huh. Well, it's that's what happened. I thought I'd just hit weed. I ate shit really badly, went over the handlebars, and then looked back, and there's this fish, you know, <laughs> half dead on the surface. So, yeah, that, that was, um, that was I call that a successful test session. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very, did it ever happen again, or was that only a once-in-a-lifetime once kind of thing? I have hit a couple of other fish, but I've never caught the fish. Like this this one, it was a decent-sized kawaii, which is a local really beautiful red meat fish that you can smoke up. They just taste gorgeous. And yeah. Um, but since then, yeah, no, I've just, you know, usually try and avoid, <laughs> yeah, fair avoid hitting fish if possible. Nice. How long ago was that, that you were building and, and sort of started to tinker into that, in that foil world? It was kind of, I guess it was, you know, we were playing, I was playing around with all sorts of these bits and pieces between, you know, 2013 and, and 2016. Basically, 2012, 2013 was a massive time in New Zealand. I talked about it a few times in some articles and stuff. You know, for, and everyone knows, like, well, not everyone, but I think everyone should know, you know, that the America's Cup in 2013, San Francisco was probably the most exciting America's Cup ever, just in terms of, you know, the incredible comeback that Jimmy Spittle and, and Oracle staged against Team New Zealand. We, we had one win and they had to win eight or nine in a row, and they did, which was the prison in New Zealand. But the main thing was that was when the America's Cup really transitioned to foiling properly and Team New Zealand were the first boat to achieve that. And I was sailing in the harbour with my parents and the boat was just, you know, 72 foot cat blasting up the harbour at just ridiculous angles to the wind. You know, it would seem to us like it was just going straight up when we couldn't even work it out at the time. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the future. And I've, I've come from a sailing family. You know, my grandfather built boats. My dad's been a sailing addict his entire life and grew up on his boat luckily and um yeah i was like okay foiling is the future that's it and we got into kite foiling that was the most accessible at the time and broke everything that we bought so we were like okay i'm kind of a gear thrasher i'm you know i range between 88 okay. and 90 kgs so um and i like to jump stuff and push stuff in the waves as hard as i can and i, I don't have the best finesse sometimes especially with kiting i used to just push hard and sometimes you'd land 
you know, pretty decently and I, I was breaking a lot of gear. So I was just in the workshop fixing it. I'd always been helping out with the boat building stuff. And so I knew, knew how to use a bit of epoxy and carbon and the sandpaper. And so that's pretty much where it started. And then we saw, well, we were addicted to foiling. And then um, I I was friends with Robbie Whittle, who's a top, you know, kite designer for years and years. And he's, he was in Raglan and I was living in Raglan at the time which is a cool little surf town on the, on the west coast of New Zealand. And we were like, hey, there's a there's a gap in this game, you know, for something that's really strong. And to be honest, back then, your know, kite foil racing was progressing pretty fast, but the rest of foiling hadn't really even happened. And so we started tinkering with these kite foils and, and, and you know, surf foil. We were toe foiling mm-hmm. a little bit as well. And, we, and, you know, it's definitely inspired by Laird and Rush Randall and those guys in Hawaii. It was really inspirational and, and Laird and Terry Chung actually came to New Zealand and did a toe foil session. And I was lucky enough to be out on a jet ski with Daniel Kitioka and watch that. And we, we actually were filming. We were sort of contracted to film part of that. We did oh, that a bunch of fun. filming from the water for, for Laird and those toe foiling Raglan. And I can't remember exactly what year that was. That was just before the Ultimate Waterman. So that was kind of around the same time, maybe 2015, 2016. Um, I, you'd have to look it up. I can't remember. But anyway... Basically, it was just like everything came together. And we were like, okay, we are doing this. We're gonna we're gonna jump in boots and all and try and make a foil system that you know that people like. Wow, and that was good it. for you. Yeah, I love your setup. Um, I, I started originally. It was on um, just an entry level aluminum kind of setup, and then my buddy from Montreal that was working at a store. He was like, "Man, you, you got to try this. This is like the next level." And I was like, "All right, all right." So I jumped in, got it, and uh, night and day night and day difference um the glide everything it was just i was in love right away so it was amazing so and that's i'm still riding an older one of your older foils but i still like it so uh it, it shows to the engineering and what you guys put into that those original setups because a lot of the time you got to keep swapping swapping gear so yeah no it was pretty sweet well we did there's a couple of things like robbie's a really smart guy we had a lot of discussion about the system at the start that we wanted people to be able to evolve, you know, their foiling journey through different sports and with different mm-hmm. foils with the same, you know, yep. basic rig. And we've stuck true to that. And it's been it's been a you know a challenging process. And we really I went away and talked to a lot of, you know, boat builders and a lot of people about, you know, how to get the fibers, you know, working as as best as they can. Especially at that time there was a lot of issue with, you know, like I said, we were breaking a lot of the kite foil rigs because they were pretty lightweight at that time and you know for us with the fiber net here is one of our, our masters and you know the fiber you know the key unidirectionals or, or you know we have some slightly off axis you know 10 15 degree fibers as well that run up around the bottom bracket and down the other side and that's a pretty tried and true layup system for connection points using carbon fiber composite whether it's rigging on america's cup boats or or you know whatever and so that's why we came up with this bottom bracket mm. system. And, and it was about the fibers connecting from the vertical around this connection point here. It's a tapered fit, you know, inside here and in the front foil. And the reason for that, I actually I've got a fuse over here. We can all dig the crab that. Yeah, sure. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yes, and I've got so we can just it's just kind of easier for me to sure. talk about it at the same time. So um this taper goes both ways. And the reason for the taper is primarily so that we wanted to be able to fit thinner foils on in the future so like we've got you know now we've got the our new has they're a lot thinner 
than you know our, our our original foils, and we knew we'd want different thicknesses of foils, and so we wanted this taper. We wanted you know a ton of we wanted all of the the primary loads to be taken on on this, but then in terms of the rotational loads, we've got you know our screw fittings that hold the rotation, and this taper allows us to have thin foils mounted onto this without really big bulky fairings. So that's that was a decision. We, we talked a lot about that right at the start and we were kind of lucky we did. I mean, Rob's a really forward thinker and we sat down, we had a, a, a lot of discussion about what sort of dimensions we should we should make with this. And that, you know, this dimension is driven by, you know, what sort of foil sections we thought we might be using in the future. And so far it's worked right down to 475s, our you know, small foils, our fittings, Still oh, function beautiful. cleanly, and then this dimension, dimension at the bottom bracket of the mast, um, that is all about the fiber. So, like I talked about before, you know, the fiber wrapping around here is the the best way to optimize, you know, the strength in, in carbon fiber. Basically, is to have a, a big radius okay. that you can wrap around, and so that's really where the system concept came from. And I was looking at you know, bottom brackets and drive shafts of ships and boats and oh, yeah. thinking, well, okay, that's a shape that's been around for a long time. It's 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 holding load, you know, a lot of load and it's hydrodynamic. Okay, let's let's work with that. And then I sat down with my father and we drew up the hex um that went into it. It's a it's a it's a large hex section. And then, you know, we've got all our screw fittings with the A plus system, we have mm -hmm. our barrel nut as well. So that's uh an eight mil barrel nut on the other side of this of this M6 screw, so we just we just added this you know to the system for for longevity effectively, um, and there is I mean the one the one thing with our system because you don't need grease or anything on the screws um, with our titanium so our titanium rod you know most people probably know we've got a titanium rod it goes you know all the way through and our all our tapped fittings are in titanium that includes our mast top hardware our t-nuts everything because the stainless to tie connection is just a beautiful snug connection you don't need grease it's not going to corrode it's not going to fizz but if you leave this together especially you know in sandy water a little bit of sand can get in here and you can get a bit of wear inside these parts with sand in there and so you, you do actually need to pull this apart every now and then and give it a wash out if you're in sandy water that's something i mean we probably should sure. talk about more yeah um but the screws do hold the rotation loads. However, like with anything, you know, you're going to need to keep your screws um, in good order. And it's just something that, you know, people should realize with carbon, and most people do, is that it's an anode and salt water. And so even stainless will fizz. It's why we coated our screws. This is a, a tie coating, um, PVD coating on the screws. But even with that, when you get a little bit of wear, and the stainless is touching the carbon, the stainless will corrode, okay? And so you get a little bit of tea staining, which is just the stainless actually. This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy mickey from salt spring island today i got in an epic one with my friend Britt. um we went from latuna all the way to the beach and back um 
heck of a fun time. If you're looking to learn, there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at Saladita Kite School. They are positioned at Latuna, and now that I've been here a little while, I've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots. It is one of the more beginner-friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, they do offer professional jet ski-assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, so once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at Saladita Kite School. At Saladita Kite School. Fizzing against the carbon. That's the little rust. That's not an issue. You can clean that up with a little, you know, steel. I give it a clean. But the screws themselves, probably good for, you know, we say six to 12 months in the manual. So read your manuals, check them out, and we give everyone a spare set of screws. So yeah, keep your screws good and you won't have issues. If you let your screws crow, then they can break and then it's a bit of a pain to okay. pull, pull it all out. No, fair enough. Yeah, I take mine out. Obviously, I fit it in my car, so I have to take it apart every time, but um, yeah, but that's a good point about about if people are leaving it together longer. That that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's just it's just one of those things, you know, you're the ocean is a harsh environment for any material. Don't worry about that. It's I mean, it's why we've used the tie with the carbon. It's that's the best combination that you can have for threaded parts for sure. However, you still want to have fixings like screws and, and bits and pieces. And so just realize the screws, they're not going to last forever. And we definitely made a decision. Yep, screws are cheap and easy to replace. So this is our this is our recommended replacement schedule. And we give everyone a full spare set. So you've got, you know, you've got a decent amount of time with what you get with with every part. And if you want to upgrade, you know, get a new screw set. It's, it's 20 or 30 bucks. It's been really cool to to see how people have gone from, you know, earlier foils and then they just bought new foils and stuck them on their kit and, and they can evolve their foiling journey into all the different sports that foiling's oh, so become, many which now. is, that's probably been the most yep. exciting thing for us is just seeing, you know, where people have taken the sport, especially with winging happening when it did. It was just, you know, I guess you know, the best thing for the sport. And it's, yeah, it's just mind-blowing how how winging's grown in that. It was just the perfect timing, I suppose. Yeah, I think everything kind of vortexed together and just collided and then exploded into this. Just It's just endless possibilities with with foiling. It's, it's unbelievable what you can do. And with all the new things that are coming out right now and all the new stuff that you guys are working on, must be a pretty fun time to be in the industry. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like you don't you actually don't really know in twelve months really what where what people could be doing with the gear. So that's really exciting, but also very challenging because you're trying to you're really trying to think, you know, two, three years ahead. We 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 don't like to have gear that's just gonna cycle annually. We want we bring out gear when we're ready, when we're happy with it. And Sometimes that takes us a couple of years or, or more to actually come up with a new bit of gear, especially foils and the development of the foil process. And we want that that rig to last, you know, be good into the future because when someone invests in it, for sure there might be something that has higher performance down the track, but we still want that thing to be 
really good for someone, you know, for a long period of time. You can still, I can still jump on the early fours and get out mm-hmm. there at the time. You know, yes, they're not going to pump as well. They're not going to ride as far, but you're still going to be fun to, fun to ride. Every day you get up and you're, you're definitely, you know, pushing the gray matter as hard as it can. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt. Like, how do you stay on the cutting edge of everything in this regard? Because there's so much coming out. For a start, I, I do love foiling and I love this, all the foiling sports that I do. And I wish I had more time yeah. in the day to pursue them. However, I did spend 10 years, you know, in my youth, basically surfing, kite surfing and, and, and paddle boarding. So I, I, while that was, you know, I kind of quit my job and spent 10 years doing that. So I can't really complain, but that is what evolved into, you know, making foils or making this brand, I guess. So I'm really lucky and I had to work hard at some point. So this is it. And you just got to get up every day and be committed to what you do. And luckily, it is so much comes down to luck. I just met the right people at the right time. And now we've managed to build the team out where we have, you know, we brought on Nathan Chook, who's just an amazing connector of people and also, you know, really smart guy too. He's, he's, he's really driving us, you know, in the direction that we need to go and bringing all sorts of new consultants in. And I guess that's probably the most exciting thing for me as a learning journey because, yeah, I, I learned effectively through trial and error. Yes, I sailed a lot as a kid so I could understand, you know, sails and how they work in boats. And I had a pretty good understanding of all of that. But you know, foils really, you know, I was a total virgin in 2012 and, you know, 2013, we started with some kite foils and 2016, we started with our first production stuff. And then, you know, 2018, we really had, we started getting some traction on the market. So that's, that's pretty recent history, really. And so the journey, journey for me has been a lot of trial and error and, and learning from all sorts of people around me. But now we really have tapped into, you know, with Nathan, top design experts who have, have have full careers in boat building, you know, top end boat building, hydrodynamic engineers, CFD experts from a wide spectrum of, of fields. And we're bringing those guys in to help us with key elements. So like the performance mask, I mean, that's a classic. So this one, um, we knew we, we needed to do a big mast upgrade, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And we started working on this project and we we're like, okay, as with all things foil, step one, we need to start with the section. And we we managed to tap into a good friend of ours, Riley, here in New Zealand, who's also getting into winging. And that's been a great thing too. Like a lot of these people, they're getting into foiling, so they want to be involved. And it's just connections through doing the sport. It's just, that's why I say it's, it seems like luck. Maybe you create your own luck. I think luck. partially I know, we do. I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not it's, It definitely is interesting how that flowed. And so these guys, you know, Riley got hold of literally a couple of the top foil section development experts on the planet, guys that wrote XFOIL, which is one of the key bits of software for, you know, analyzing oh, foil sections. And um, they came up with a few sections for us for this vertical after doing a bunch of numbers and looking at sections that have been used in the industry, sections that we'd used, um, what sort of structural engineering we needed with the fiber because effectively you need a certain amount of cord and thickness for you know the structure to to have enough rigidity right regardless of of anything else and then you've got to draw up the section shape to work with that to give you the nice the nice flow through the water and this this mask it actually has like it does have a lot quite a lot of taper top to bottom 
but it's what we call a, a gradual taper and it's developed to give you the best transition of load from you know where you're driving it through into the foil right. and then be as hydrodynamic as possible down the bottom end and so yeah this, this these have been out for a year and i would still say these are probably the most advanced vertical on the market in the surf foil world definitely i mean kite race there's a couple of kite race um rigs out there that are being used in the olympic kite racing and they definitely are going next level with their verticals but they're very specific you know to kite racing and you 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 probably wouldn't want to be thrashing yeah. those rigs in the surf <laughs> at the price probably that not. they are because yeah it's, you might be getting back to the workshop and keeping them going but yeah it's it's that combination of efficiency and and you know okay. durability and it's been like i say the process of of that it's just meant i've learned so much and it's, it's i feel like i go to school every day pretty much just about it's really exciting hey, let's um how, how did you even come up with the stripes and whatnot because i don't know yeah i, I want to know right well um <laughs> the stripe story it's kind of, it's kind of a pretty fun story we were fluffing around with foils and then a few people that we knew had interactions with sharks um and okay. their foils <laughs> shall we say there were a couple of cases of new cow that weren't, weren't so pretty and then there was a pretty lucky you know case on maui um where one of the top sup races was you know downwinding was just happening and he had a battle with a you know bull shark hitting his foil and he was bashing it with his paddle and managed to Managed to, you know, escape unscathed, but the foil, the, the foil definitely, you know, hey, they look quite a lot like a stingray, which is definitely a favorite food source for some of the larger yep. marine fish out there. So, um, and I um, was a big fan of Jacques Cousteau when I was a kid. And Jacques Cousteau did, a, I remember this experiment watching it. He, he was a French explorer, that you know, under, famous underwater, you know, cameraman slash explorer. And... They did the study where I don't know where, exactly where they got the idea, but they had a striped board um, that they baited compared to a non-striped board. And sharks that hadn't seen the striped pattern before, they always turned or they swam up, and then they they always would turn away. And it was something you know their science was sort of saying it's something to do with the shark not being able to tell exactly how many objects it was. And so. I was like, okay, well, that works. Did a little bit more research. There was a company in Aussie making wetsuits with stripes on them as well. So I'm like, okay, there is a bit of a thing here. Let's let's put stripes on our rigs. Um, and hey, it kind of looks cool, but let's do it because it has a function as well. And then I met an interesting Colombian artist on a trip coming back actually from um, doing some work at a factory. And, you know, we kind of became friends and I was talking with her about the stripes I wanted to put on these foils. And she said, I'll send me an outline of the foils and I'll draw something up. And yeah, she came up with this double tapered stripey pattern. So yeah, Juliana Duran is her name, super talented well Colombian artist. And then Andy Banks, our graphic designer in New Zealand, came up with the logo. So we put that on top and that's, that's it. That's been our, I guess, our trademark since the beginning. That's pretty cool, eh? That stuff like that comes together and, and it becomes such a, like all you need to do is go down a beach and you see these stripes. Like, oh, you're on Armstrong, eh? Oh yeah, you're on you're on that, eh? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, the double. Like, I do love this double yeah, like tape of pattern, but this 
you know, the, the geometry of this double taper, you know, she came up with that and we've, we've stuck with it, you know, for, I don't know, for every part that we make, every foil part that, that's in the water, we've just, it works and it, you know, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's definitely worked for us and yeah, we like it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so bringing in all those engineers and bringing in, is there a reason that the whole industry is going more towards that um, and end of things, like making it a lot, lot more sophisticated? I think there's just, there's been so much work done, you know, especially in the last, you know, 15 years in this field by people who have been involved in hydrodynamics, you know, their entire careers and really, mm -hmm. really smart people. And I think it's, we're just, it's, I guess it's that crossover. Like a lot of the sailors who are, you know, in those really top end um, projects, you know, that the F-50 Sail GP or the America's Cup um, or, you know, the, the, the round the world boats, you know, with the big foils as well. You know, it's, it's similar. It's the similar design crew putting all those um, hydrofoil parameters together for those projects. And they're interested in foiling. And, you know, they're interested in wing foiling. A lot of them do it as a recreation because it's it's much easier and, and less, you know, takes less time to get out on a boat. And so I guess there's that knowledge base that we're lucky enough to be Fair able enough. to tap into. And I think that's happening across the board for everyone. I don't think we're no, everybody, unique yeah. in that. And, and it's fantastic. It's great for the sport. Like it's, you know, it's there's so much work already being done that these little gains, and we are, I mean, I guess... You call a little gain, but that's the beauty. I mean, you make a small change to a foil section and it makes a really big difference to, to how it works. So, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's just great. So it's, it's, like, it's like this perfect vortex that's come together and everything's swirling yep. together forward and uh, it's just, it's really exciting. Oh, nice, man. That's so sweet. Let's talk about, so, you were just working on a whole bunch of foils and I was talking to your team. So what can we share? Can we share? Yeah, well, we've got the new HA Ooh. oil range. So the HAs were, you know, the first project where we really got involved with the boat guys and, and got a bit of, um, you know, intelligence from them. But now we've been working much more closely with the whole group of people and we are ready for the next version of our HA4 range. And we are very excited with where this range is at. We're going to have... 580 up to 1180 and 100 cm square increments so a really wide range seven foils and this is the 980 i'm holding here um and the magic with these sec with these foils really comes from the section again and we talked with a lot of the guy um, you know the, the the foil experts shall we call them and one thing they said is you want to start with something that you really know and just change what you know change the section that's the main parameter you want to understand first and then get the outline you know the, the the aspect ratio the rondo get all of these other elements working with the section and so we put we got a friend of ours in um, west oz chris porter who's actually an aerospace engineer and working for some pretty interesting you know australian military yep. projects among others and he did a foil section study for us looking at the speed ranges that our HA foils are working at, some other HA foils, and really honing down what foil section would work for the speed ranges of surf foiling and connecting and glide. Okay. And so we did a bunch of analysis with some GPS, looked at some numbers, 
and gave Chris some speed ranges that, you know, stall speed, takeoff speed, top end, you know, glide, glide ratios. And he then had a good look at a whole lot of sections and came up with a few. And we put those into our previous HA foils and some of our MA foils. So we didn't change anything else. We just put the new section into the old foil. Oh, okay. So we just made one change. So we committed to a bunch of molds. And it's interesting, like originally when we were prototyping, like especially back here in my workshop, I was grinding bits of wood and hand shaping everything. But what we've discovered is with the foils, you know, the layup and the technology of the layups really important to how the foil feels when you ride. And so we've transitioned now, which is, we're really lucky, you know, having our own, you know, foil manufacturing facility, but we've basically transitioned to our prototyping in the same steel tooling and molding process as we use for production, which means the foil construction is exactly the same, even through our whole prototyping range. Oh, okay. Which that's cool. It's, it's really cool to be able to do that. And, and we're pretty lucky. And so. Yeah, we put the section into our old foils and, you know, a few different sections and we ended up on this section that we're using here, which is, yeah, it's got a little bit of under camber on the bottom and actually a ton of reflex on the top surface and the combination of, of the leading edge radius and, and the, the camber and the curves just mean that this section really likes to stay high in the water column and it's really easy to bring back up, which just gives it that really efficient pump and glide that we were looking for with this rate. Okay. you got to tie in the aspect ratios and the roller with that section so that you can turn the thing where, where you want to turn it. Oh, we're really excited with these things. Beautiful. Got us too. Beautiful. Yeah, they look, uh, look, that'd be super fun to, oh yeah, okay, we have some turn down. Okay. For those uh, just listening, we're getting a very nice show of the new HA, so make sure to hop onto YouTube if you want to check out uh, what we got going on right here? Beautiful. Yeah, so no, that range has been kept us pretty busy. But this year, you know, Nathan's an amazing facilitator. And we looked, you know, he's been you know with us for a couple of years now. And we looked at where we wanted to be. We, we, he drew out a, you know, a five and 10 year plan, which I, I to be honest, I've never <laughs> looked that far forward in my life before. So it was a little bit scary. But really exciting at the same time. We're okay. We th this is where we we want to, we want to develop. This is where we see it going. And hey, we were open. We we're flexible as well. But what it's meant is that this year we've had the APF pump foils, new wings, new board range, um, the HA range coming at the end of the year, and the downwind performance foils. You know, and, and you know that's like we've got tails and everything feeding into that as well. At the beginning of the year we had the performance mass and the MAs, the last of the MAs coming. So. We've had a pretty big year. <laughs> and when do you sleep? Well, they, they do sell that. Everyone says that. If you find something you love, it's easy to work. And I'm just really lucky. I'm, I, honestly, I, I can't, I got to come back. I can't, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm really grateful. And thank you to everyone for mm -hmm. you know, getting into foiling. Keep doing it because, hey, this is the best fun you can ever have. And yeah, every day, yep, there's definitely could have more sleep. But at the same time, every day you get up, it's so exciting just to, you know, see what people do around the world on the gear. Like every day someone's doing something cool and you're just like, wow, that is so epic. Okay, I gotta get spend more time on the water so I can get better. 
<laughs> did you think that foiling, because it had been around, did you think it would explode into what it is now with all the different disciplines, all the kids getting into it? It's really interesting. Like the, the gestation was kind of long. I mean, yeah. you know, Laird and Rush Randall and Robbie Nash and Pete Cabrina and, you know, Campbell Farrell, a bunch of, you know, early adopters were toe foiling on those sit down adapted Mike Murphy foils. 20 year, years plus ago and it took a long time for kite foiling even to kind of happen and I think it was the, the America's Cup that really put it to the forefront of of people's mind and thinking and, and, and pushed got people pushing I don't think I'm unique in that at all and you know it's no surprise that you know Mike's lab out of San Fran was probably the, the first foiling system to really go next level um, especially with the kite racing and hey, he's in San Francisco, which is where that AC was. So I think, I do think there's a, a big connection there. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Mike Murphy is a real character and we've, he's one of our, you know, main contacts in North America now. He, he looks after the North American wake market for us because he's been dealing with that industry for forever. And he's, you know, the original co-inventor of the sit-down foil. And yeah, he's he's blown away. Like I talk to him all the time. He's just like, you know, he's not surprised because he's been a foil addict, you know, for 50 years. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, he, he is, he's just like stoked with where, where the industry's at and, and happy for his invention. I mean, he invented the original vertical fuselage front wing tail wing. I mean, that's wow. what those guys did. That was, you know, and, and the, the basic system is the same now as what those guys made. Yes, the different materials, different shapes, but. You know that single vertical fuselage front wing tail wing. Hey, Mike. Mike had the original patent on a on a vertical with the bolt on fuse. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. talking to George from Delta about about some of that the, the, those days, and it's just so fascinating learning from 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 all of you and just getting to see all those different stories yeah. and how it evolved and how you all kind of got into it yourselves. Right? It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. You know. He was really into the kite foiling, which was which is which is where a lot of us came from because that was the first the first development really in in what we might call modern sport foiling, I guess, um, outside of those tow guys wanting to you know ride big waves in windier conditions, and it's just really snowballed mm. from there, and it's just an exciting exciting time to be involved. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm happy to Very hear. Lucky. Happy to hear that. When did you decide to get into boards as well? Like, um, like obviously you're making. Well, actually, I was doing boards. I was doing boards beforehand. So, I was. I actually ended up working um, after you know chasing sup racing around the world for a while. I, I was making my own sups and racing on them, and I ended up working for a um, Kiwi guy who has manufacturing in Asia. And I was working with them, helping them implement, you know, peel ply and some and some other boat building technologies in their factory, and just doing helping them with some quality control in, in a factory, you know. But that was primarily manufacturing race ups, you know, surfboards as well. But their their primary at that time, you know, mid two thousands was was race ups. It was a really big big game, you know, much like foiling is now. It was really exploding. The, the race paddle boarding was, you know, the oh, battle yeah. of the paddle, the Molokai Tawai, all these events were really big on the scene. And so, yeah, it was really exciting. And that was where I really got my introduction into production. Um, and yeah, John's a great guy. 
he he taught me a lot about how factories function and made some great contacts. And so yeah, I was working on boards for quite a while. I did a, did a few years, you know, off and on in the factory, and then got addicted to foiling and was like, okay, now we're going to make our own foil system. And luckily, I had some contacts in manufacturing, and so yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's that's kind of how it worked out. We made boards at the same time as we made fours. I mean, hey, yeah, the early boards were pretty ugly, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I've got one here. I don't even know if Let's I want to drag Oh, man, I'd Do love to. Do have a look at one? <laughs> <laughs> this is where I was probably too influenced by what the boat guys were doing. So here you <laughs> hey. go. This is, this is our first tight foil and tow right. foil board, um, which is 411 um, by... 40 liters. So there you go. Hey, beautiful. 411, 40 liter kite board, tow board. Um, and I was probably, you know, too influenced by the catamaran. What we were trying to like at this point, this is 411, which back then was very short. Um, we thought this board was really short. Mm -hmm. But in actual fact, you know, it's for where we're at now. Yeah, it's, we, we've, got, we've got, you know, our, our current wing boards are smaller than this. But I was, you know, kind of a bit too trying to channel the, the, the catamaran thing cool. with the front end of this board. But yeah, some of the other elements of the shape worked. And we, we made, didn't make too many of these. We made a few. We were all tunnel box back then. So there we go. That's yeah. a piece of history right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of, I keep, I keep that one around to remind me to, you know, to think a bit more before <laughs> committing to the, to, to Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh well done man I, I would frame that for sure keep that keep it yeah. uh, I've, okay. I've, kept, I've kept one <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure I got too much junk and I, I do have to do a clear I got too much stuff in this in this shed but anyway try. fair enough evolution of wings it's it's come huge right like from kind of like a floppy bed sheet that you kind of held on to to the high performance yeah. wings that we have going on with different canopy section, different pieces like it's, and then now we're going into non-stretch materials and yeah. Well, it's the same, it's the same with anything. I It's, it's just a beautiful thing to be involved with the development process and everyone pushing forward, you know, and for us, our first, you know, couple of efforts, we were finding our way a hundred percent and like we, we had to do it because, it's just such a great fun part of the sport. Like when it, I don't know quite why, when, whenever we, like I was, you know, doing a lot of other foiling, I picked up a wing and for some reason straight away I went, this is just so fun. It is probably the simplicity, you know, no kite lines. You can paddle out from a rocky coastline somewhere on a lake and, and go winging. Whereas kiting, you know, always has that thing where you need a lot of space to set up with mm -hmm. your lines and everything. And so even though I, you know, kited for years, it was, I guess it was just that freedom of just, the simplicity of rigging up and heading out. So the development side for us meant, you know, we're busy with boards and foils and we are primarily a foil company. And so we we're like, okay, if we're going to properly do this, we need to get some people who have been developing and designing these kind of products for a, for a decent period of time. And so we started searching, you know, globally for who we could partner with for developing, you know, our new wing, which became the XPS. And we found some some great, you know, French design guys who just they're they're really thoughtful, really smart, and yeah, we we had a great time developing that project with them. And luckily for us, you know, the market went through this this weird phase after COVID, where there was you know a lot of the brands had a lot of stock, and it, like everyone was freaking out, not knowing what was happening. 
I mean, you had the, you know, you know the, the, the troubles in Europe, which didn't really help, I don't think, with, with the market. And so there was a bit of a lull, you know, for for probably the whole of 22, really. It was, it was kind of a weird year for everyone. To, yeah, it was tough times. You know, and, and probably the first half of this year as well. And so there wasn't for us, like we would thought we needed to get a new, you know, we're like, oh, we got to get a new product out at the beginning of 2023 or even, you know, late 22. But in actual fact, we decided actually it's not the right time and we're not ready. Primarily, we weren't ready. We just started this relationship with these guys. We wanted to actually push that properly and see where we could get to by doing a proper development cycle. And it was really rewarding because each time we learned something, they were very structured with their prototyping process, which was, we learned a lot from actually, it was really cool. And and how they broke down, you know, making each change and, and, and getting, mm-hmm. getting progress on the wings. And it was just, yeah, great process to, to get a, get a sample, you know, go through the pros and the cons, compare it to the previous one, and then go, okay, where to next? Make that plan. And then, yeah, a few weeks later, you have the new wing in your hands and trying it. It was, yeah, it was just a great time. Oh, yeah. And and that was right. Like New Zealand, you guys may not remember, but New Zealand hung on to the segregation slash lockdowns for a lot longer than the rest of the world, probably a year mm-hmm. longer. We ended up being in, in lockdown a long time. And for us, it was kind of, I guess it kind of worked out because we were, you know, instead of traveling around, you know, like we usually were, you know, to a lot of places, we were really stuck at home and we could just focus. It was really simple. We had our, we know our locations and we were just testing wings in the same place every day. And it's actually probably one of the hardest things for testing full stop is the conditions. Because if you test the same, exactly the same rig in two different locations with different conditions, it, it has different a different feel. I mean, just the energy in the water, chop, the reverb. There's so many things going on. If you're really trying to um, understand exactly what's happening with one bit of kit, you have to make a change but keep everything else the same, and that includes the conditions. So it was lucky for us that we were stuck here. It just was kind of lucky to come back to luck again. I don't know why. That we were stuck in New Zealand and we had to test in the same place all the time which ended up being the best thing we could do because we really tuned into what those different features of the wings, you know, were were doing. And then we came, at the end of the process, I think we came up with a, a pretty nice product. That's where we're stoked with how it's, how it's going. Yeah, I got to try out that new wing this this fall. And um, I, I liked the webbing on top of the carbon there. I liked how it performed. It pumped well. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good wing. Yeah, it's all, it's all about, that wing was all about, Something that felt great for a wide range of use. We weren't we weren't targeting race. We weren't targeting freestyle. We weren't targeting wave. We just wanted it to be able to do all of those things really well, and it's you know it's achieving that. And we it's just a great, comfortable, fun wing to ride. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I found that. I found that, and uh, I wasn't sure what those handles were because uh, like on the onset. I didn't know it was carbon on the inside, but it was stiff. And it was like, oh, it's a mixture of both. And it was like, this is pretty sweet. So no, that worked out well. Yeah. So we're calling it a hybrid handle. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to every handle system. And we just felt, you know, at, at, at this stage, we, we preferred that style of handle. It's got, you know, it's a bit more forgiving on the board and on your body. So there's a little bit of flex there as well. Which you know kind of helps. Like I would, I you know I can get t- to this elbow sometimes in, in my my right elbow. So that was from I I kind of injured that 
paddling in the in the Molokai to Oahu one year, <laughs> paddling far too long on one side, and it was you know hurting. And you know you're in, you're in that race, you're going to just carry on until you get to the end. And yeah, little little injury, niggly injuries. So yeah, just a little a little softer on your body, and and we we like it. But hey, there's there's plenty of of, of great options mm-hmm. out there now. So that's the most exciting. Anyone getting into the sport, hey, you know, you you get buy into any decent brand, you're going to have a good time. Who uh, who originally designed your first kind of bags that came out? Because compared to some other ones that were coming out, like when I got my V1 from you, um, their, their bags and all that, like when you got this, you felt like you had, okay, I got six bags, I got all this stuff, I got my parts, I got like, it came with everything. Now, not everybody did that. That's one thing I did like. You're paying X dollars for your foil rig and... The most damage that happens with all of this stuff in is storage. when it's not in the water, when you're you know, putting it in your car or walking down the beach or whatever. And so we made a bag system up and that was, you know, myself and a friend of mine in Raglan to have a bag that would, you know, pack with every part, but also when everything was together, board, foil, front foil, tail foil, you put the bags on, everything fitted and you could put it on the roof of your car and drive down the road with the bags on. So that was, you know, and that that's what I did. Like I generally... I you know have, always have racks on my cars, and I just leave everything together and just put the board on the roof. That's that's what I do at the end of my session and just drive. But I put all the bags on, right? Because sun, you know, bugs. I don't want that yeah. stuff on my foil. So yeah, we just were like, yeah, the bags got to work for the kid. I mean, why you wouldn't do a bag? I guess you'd be surprised because that that was the one thing. And there's all these little pieces that make that make a choice for like a consumer end kind of thing, right? There's all these little decisions that different people do. And there's like, and yes. Yeah, so the, anyways, that was just one thing that stood out for me that I thought was interesting. Well, we use the gear every day. And so we know like what, what makes it easier to use. And if it's just seems obvious. I don't know. You you want your kit to last as well as it can. I mean, yeah, you do. Make a nice bag for it. We're, we're proud of this gear. We want people. We want it to last for people. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've done that across the board. With our, we do it with our boards as well. Which, I mean, it's it it makes sense because you want you know boards are light boards are fragile items. I mean, hey, we make them as durable as we can. We use full negra wrap underneath the carbon, which is you know, the strongest way you can make a composite board, you know, in terms of the fibers. And, you know, that's great. But if you bash a board with something hard, you're still yeah. going to ding it, you know, regardless of how the board's made. In any board, if, unless it weighs an absolute ton, you know, you can ding. And so, um, yeah, having a bag with it just makes sense. Okay. No, fair enough. Is there anything you'd like to let everybody know about your new releases and why um, why they should hop on this new stuff? Well, I mean, we've got the, you know, the, the Wing FG board range has been out for a little while and we are very excited with that range. That's you know, been a decent time in development and the team riders are just absolutely loving them. I've been loving them. They're just simple, easy to use. They feel great to use and they we really you know hone down what we think a wingboard needs to be and 10 sizes in the range so something there no matter what volume you need i think they're quite compact for their volume so you don't need to step down massively in volume with those boards just be be aware unless you're really ready for it you know you can stick with a similar volume maybe to what you've got and it's going to ride like a much smaller board and that's paired with that forward geometry which is a pretty big thing like we've had forward geometry for a while but you know 
having the tracks further forward in the board paired with the foil system that works for that just makes the board ride much smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, no, really, really excited about the boards. Um, the XPS, that's been going great. We talked about that. No, we're just, just excited by seeing people out there shredding on that. Um, the downwind performance foils. I mean, they are Ooh, a yes. really interesting area for us because I, you know, after the kiting and the subfoiling, we did get into downwind. I got personally on downwinding in a pretty big way because I've been sup racing and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do these sup races I used to do, you know, on a big sup on a foil. And I was making foils for that and I was, you know, the only one doing it. And obviously Kai was doing a few here and there. And yeah, in 2018, I think there were seven or eight of us at the start line for the M2O. So very interesting times. And the downwind foiling, it's actually another surprise how much it's developed in the last year. But let's say two years, really. But especially in the last year, it's really become a thing in the sport. And I guess that's because foiling's maturing a little bit as a sport. And so you've got a lot of people who are already quite uh-huh. good. And downwind foiling is demanding. Don't don't get me wrong; it's not easy. So it's it's possibly the most demanding side of foiling, but it's also the most rewarding. And I think surf foilers or surfers generally actually might become it might really become a big part of the future of foiling. That you know might be surprise a few people because surfers for a start they're they're getting into winging more than they ever did with windsurfing and kiting and I'm not quite sure why but maybe it's because they're doing a bit of surf foiling you know in the, in the small crumbly ways where the surf isn't great to keep themselves in shape and the downwinding I think is really going to appeal to surfers because when it's really windy the surf isn't great and it gives them a long really fun ride when the surf's pretty average so yeah I mean we've got there's some top pros who are just absolutely loving all the downwinding the moment you know putting out great content of going on downwind missions and oh yeah it looks so fun i think yeah it's it's got a really interesting journey the downwinding so yeah downwind performance foils they were developed 100 for blasting downwind and yeah they're a pretty exciting full range a ton of bottom end for quite small foils so you can get up and make them go but you can also you know go really fast on them so yeah now pretty pretty fun times nice all right so we've got a bunch of stuff then and um, so that's cool. Where are you off to next? I know you just came home and you're kind of traveling everywhere. So are you home for a bit or? Yeah, I've been up at the factories for a while. I, we spend quite a bit of time, okay. you know, in the factory facility, just um, making sure all of our material supplies bang on what it's supposed to be. Um, all of our processes are accurate and also improving our processes. Like there's always something you can improve. And we, we always do, like whenever we discover um, an improvement in the layout, and we do a lot of testing, That a lot of that information will be coming soon about what we do. We have our own test facility in the factory. We've got a lot of specialized equipment for doing that testing. And it's really important in the stability and consistency of the, of the manufacturer to test all the materials and also randomly select you know, parts in production and put them through full testing right up to right up to breaking tests to just make sure that everything is consistent and we're improving the whole way. And it's it's that's I, I love it. I get up every day and it's you can see it two ways. Hey, there's 
problems to solve every day, but there's also That's things true. to learn and improve every day. So every time you That's solve true. a problem, something gets better. So it's, you know, like it's in life, every nothing's just simple and all done and dusted. Like there's always a small improvement to be made somewhere, which is, I, I, I love it. I think it's great fun. Yeah, no, it is. And, and I think that's what keeps pushing the sport and that keeps bringing new products out that we love to ride. And, and it just brings out new and new different sensations because there's a lake that I sail on all the time on Vancouver Island. And I was just thinking it's pretty long and that would be a pretty fun downwind run. What sort of breeze do you get? Oh, oh, there we can get up to 30, 30, 30 knots. Yeah. Nitnat Lake is one of the most infamous ones, but we could definitely do a nice little downwinder from up there, and that would be so fun. So it's opening up possibilities for so many people. Epic. Well, no. Well, that's right, and it becomes a real like downwinding is a real adventure sport because you've got to you've got you're going from A to B. You've got to work on your logistics. You've got to figure figure out options if the weather changes. You've got to look at the weather properly because you are going. You can be going quite far out to sea. Um, you know, down a down a bit of maybe in a inhospitable coastline, so it becomes yeah more of an adventure sport than just a little a little mini session at the beach. So it's yeah, it's a whole nother dimension of, of foiling, which is yeah, it's so fun. When you go out, do you bring GPS watch? Like in skiing, backcountry skiing, they got beacons and stuff. Like, do you think that'll be the next thing that'll be come out with with this? Sport, well, like for just... downwinding, yeah, you, you either take your phone if there's coverage, or, or you know, definitely, you know, you take you know water packs and some flotation of bits and pieces okay. if you're doing a big offshore mission. Um, but, but yeah, for for testing, we use GPSs for you know for sure, um, and we have some pretty cool devices that we can bolt onto the board that give us you know That's really it. accurate data, a lot more than a watch, you know, proper sailing tools. Um, but for downwinding, yeah, I mean, the most important bit of gear is probably your leash and go with, go with friends and, and, and make a plan like any, it is, it is a, you know, especially if you're in the ocean somewhere, it's a, a more of a, um, you know, a proper ocean adventure. So yeah, just yeah, take your usual precautions and, um, yeah, you'll be good. Yeah, it's good to it's good just to mention that, but uh, but nice. Well, heck, we covered heck of a lot in an hour. And uh, that was, <laughs> is there anything else you well, want to? That's an hour. Really sorry for talking yeah, so no, much. No. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about or bring up or or let people know? I don't know. I mean, just thanks a lot for having us. And yeah, yeah, to everyone out there that's got some Armstrong gear, thank you very much. We're just you know really appreciative that you're out there and we're hoping you are loving riding the gear as much as we do and there's lots of new bits and pieces coming that you can you know jam on your rigs and get out there so main thing to everyone is yeah keep enjoying the stoke and push your progression whether it's winging or the dock starting or whatever kind of foiling you're doing i mean have fun and thank you for doing it it's just so cool to see everyone getting involved Oh yeah, it, it's um, more and more and more, and it, in a time where we needed more joy and more happiness and stuff because of everything that was going down worldwide, this has come at a perfect time. And I think that's the the main mission that when I when I talk to everybody who's running a brand, it's the same thing. They're just so stoked to be able to share that stoke, which I think is what this is all about. Hundred percent. Well, hey, Army, thanks a lot for joining me tonight, and I'm sure we're going to have you back on to chat more gear. 
And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, everyone.